0: Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Berry and Jeff Quinto's podcast, where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ.
1: My name is Pat Berry.
0: And my name is Jeff Quinto. And about every two weeks, Pat and I get together and we talk about our walk with Christ. Now this week we're talking about something I think is really important, particularly in this Lenten season. It is
1: about fasting. Fasting. Yes, as a Christian, you may have gone on a fast at some point. Now, I was raised Catholic and I remember my parents fasting Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, although I will have to admit I never really understood why. Like I would ask them and well, it's because the church wants us to do it and uh because you're Catholic and well, how old do you have to be? And by the time I was old enough to do it, I was off in college and you know, I I I didn't really do that. So I, you know, full disclosure, I do not fast. However, at this point in my life, it's becoming uh, more and more interesting to me. So I wanted to talk about this. So, um, so w- that's where I am with fasting. Uh, Jeff, what about, what about you? Well, I have actually uh, uh, gone on a number of fasts, some
0: more successfully than others. Um, of course, fasting, immediately, at least for me, what comes to mind is fasting on food or drink, and you can fast on other things. So I've fasted on food, certainly. Um, I've also fasted on other things in my life, and I found it to be useful. I should tell you, though, that I haven't done it for a long time. I've sort of gotten away from it and haven't uh, pursued it, e- even though I thought it was it was useful. Um, you know, the, the idea of fasting is we're saying no to the world, We're saying no to the world. We're saying no to the elements in the world that that are not helping us. And we're saying, you know, we are apart from the world, and we're able to face that. And so things that you might fast from, taking this Lenten season, people could fast from red meat. You could fast from food during the day. You could fast from alcohol. You could fast from pornography. You could fast from all kinds of things that, that would help you take control of your life in a different way. And that's what it happened. Now, when I first started to investigate fasting, and I thought, like I say, that it was uh, really about food, I remember that there was a person in the seminary, a woman who I respected greatly, and I explained that I was fasting, and I had this additional benefit that I thought that if I fasted for long enough, I'd lose some weight. And she said, oh, you're talking about a cosmetic fast. And I said, well, I guess, and she said, "Yeah, that's what people do sometimes. They they fast with the idea that it gives them a jump start on losing weight." And I thought about that, and I thought, you know what, that to me sort of takes away the benefit of fasting from as a spiritual discipline. Right. So I, I was troubled by that. I was also troubled by the fact that uh, I remember that Oprah. Uh, used to fast. And she was, uh, as you know, Oprah's weight, at least in the the 90s, would, would go up and down pretty dramatically. And there was a point at which I remember reading that Oprah, who had a personal chef and she ate exactly what she was told and she exercised and did all this stuff, it it came to pass that, that no matter how little she ate, she didn't lose weight because her body adjusted to the lesser amounts of food. So it wasn't effective for that. Now, she was doing it not for spiritual purposes, but in order to lose weight. And I thought, you know what? That's your body telling you something. It isn't really meant, and the kind of fasting we're talking about isn't meant to be this cosmetic fasting where we're trying to lose weight, which which may or may not be a benefit at all. But what we're trying to do is is increase our closeness to God by setting aside things of the world. Right.
1: And I, I know, this is why I was interested in it, because I know uh, just from reading scripture, not from personal, but from reading scripture, I know how important it is. In fact, there's... One of the, the big ones that stands out to me is when Jesus was, was tested in the wilderness, you know, before going out in, in, in Matthew 4. Uh, before he went out into the wilderness, what did he do? He fasted for 40 days in, in order to have put his focus on God the Father in order to confront the devil or have the devil confront him and have him get through those those temptations. That's the one that comes to mind with me immediately so i know it's it can be of of extreme benefit and it's scriptural that was one of the reasons that um that i really wanted to to talk about it and uh so how so when you're going about fasting how do you how do you go about doing this
0: well i think first you first to decide what you need to fast from you what what in your life would you like not to do and it could be lots of things and it's it'd be very personal and it could be in the case of uh, someone who thinks that alcohol isn't helping them in their life, to fast from alcohol. See how it is not to drink, to have zero alcohol. How is it? How is it to do that? How is it not to not to look, not to be not to be prompted to look at pornography or be look at um, lustful things? You know, you turn on your computer and the ads in it have got some pretty provocative-looking people in it. Even when you say no to the ad, which you can do and they say, I don't want to see ads like these anymore, I guarantee that three minutes later, there'll be another similar ad. Not the same ad, but a similar ad, because this gets people's attention. And so when you fast from this, you have to purposely look away. A, A friend of mine in Texas, a has an idea that he calls a, a uh, um, an eye bounce. And an eye bounce is when you see something you shouldn't be looking at, you bounce away. <laughs> um, and okay. that's, the, that's sure. the way he does that. And you know, we're guys. And so I don't know, we're, we're simple. Uh, in uh, Maybe simpletons would be a better description, but we're simple in that when we see something that looks lustful, why we, we look at it, we investigate. And that really doesn't help us. And it's, it's all trying to reel us in. It's trying to reel us in to do something that we really shouldn't do, that we really don't even want to do, but we're, 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 we're reeled in. Um, and that's why the eye bounce, I think, is important. You see something that you shouldn't see, you look away. You bounce away. And that's one thing. So the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that the spiritual discipline of fasting doesn't just have to be food. It can be lots of things. It can be anything in your life that serves to separate you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that 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 acts as a as a a buffer between you and Christ needs to be set aside. And the and the fasting is a is a disciplined, conscious way of doing that, of setting these
1: things aside. That makes sense. And I you know I don't know about anyone else, but I can speak for me. I'm sure I have uh, more than one thing that I could fast from. And I think if most people search their hearts, they're, they're going to say, okay, uh, you know, I do have, I have plenty of things and maybe this is, maybe this is something that, that, uh, everybody could, could work on instead of don't be overwhelmed by everything because there's probably going to be m- multiple things. Pick one, just pick one and say, I'm going to work on X, whether, whether it's food, whether it's pornography, maybe social media. I I'll tell you, I'm not a I'm not a huge social media guy. I don't I don't post a lot, but the, the just the past couple of weeks I've been just found myself mindlessly scrolling at the end of the day and I you know I'm thinking what am I what am I and that's exactly what it is. I have a buddy that calls it doom scrolling. You know, you just, you're looking, you're looking for ev- events that are going on in the day. And honestly, you don't have to get very far to, to start catching on to some things. So, you know, that would be something else to, uh, to maybe take a look at, get rid of. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's, it's sports teams. I've got, I know a lot of people who really, really they're, they're super, super high and super elated when their team wins and they just get depressed, when they, when they lose, I grew up around Cubs fans. I know the depression a lot, but, (laughs) but, but seriously, you know, maybe, maybe that's got a little bit too much strong of a hold. So maybe we, we take a look at what it is, what it is that we are setting in our lives that are, that are above God. And, and we set a time and say, okay, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, for uh, a couple of days, a week, a month, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to do I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to do whatever it is that's keeping me from God. But it's it's pretty important to have a set amount of time, right? Yeah. I think so because otherwise you know, if you said, I'm never
0: going to do this for the rest of my life ever, not even once, yeah, that's and then right. what's going to happen is that you're not going to be able to do that, and mm. something's going to come up, and you'll fail. I like the idea of a set amount of time, because if you do something, whatever it is, for a set amount of time, it becomes a habit, and once it becomes a habit, then you don't even have to think about it. You're not doing it. It's a, There are good habits, and there are bad habits, so right. why not have good habits? So I think that it needs to be a set time. It's like the 40 days of Lent is an is a appropriate set time, because by... By the time you've done something for 40 days, it's become a habit. Now, for me, when I was investigating fasting and finding it, you know, an important spiritual discipline, knowing that it was, but not knowing exactly how to access it, I read a book. And the book is written by a pastor by the name of Jintensen Franklin. And he has a mega church, I think somewhere in the South, and he wrote a book called Fasting opening the door to a deeper, more intimate, more powerful relationship with God. And his whole church goes on a fast in January. It starts the year for them by starting fasting. And let me read you a quote from him about fasting that I think is is important. And He says, if you let it, your flesh will take over and rule your life. That is why times of fasting are so crucial to your walk with God. Fasting helps you establish dominion and authority over your flesh. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reach. For he who sows to his flesh will f- will the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in, in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That's Galatians 6, 6, 7 through nine. So the the point of this is this is that we are taking over control of our lives. We're not letting the flesh control us. We're saying there are things in our life that we don't want to to have anymore, and we want to set them aside. We want to fast from them. And fasting is is uh Franklin says, fasting helps you establish dominion and authority over your flesh. That's really what this is meant to do. And so this fasting, I think, is important in that regard. It's important because there are certain things in our lives. Now, you mentioned social media. I, like you, i am not much of a social media guy. I don't really like it. I don't care. Well, this is a bad thing to say, maybe, but I really, I want everything good to happen to everybody I know. And I don't want to hear... I I really don't need to hear um, somebody profess their love for their spouse over social media. I I think maybe that would be better done in private, actually. I I understand. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) But having said that, I don't find social media that attractive, actually. I don't find it that compelling. But I do find it, as you said a minute ago, that you start to do something. I'll do this at night. I I should never do this. I should never bring my phone to bed. So I'm about to go to sleep. And uh, I pick up my phone and I start reading things and it captures you. Mm -hmm. It captures you in these things that you really don't care about. I mean, I I do care. I hope that something, some terrible thing happened in Colorado that I wish it didn't happen, but I have nothing to do with it. I can't affect it. Finding out about it is just going to give me angst. So why Mm -hmm. do I need to know that? I pray for all these people. I pray that these bad things don't happen, but but knowing them in the distance doesn't allow me to help anybody. If, if there was a thin thing I could do to help him, I could see, well, I ought to know that so I could help. But if I can't help, if it just gives me, makes me anxious about everything, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. But it, it, it reels you in, doesn't it? Yep. And it's meant to reel you in. That's yes. the other part. It's meant to reel you in. This whole, this whole thing on the, on the social media today, and not just social media, but media generally, it's meant to reel you in. I remember that my son-in-law years ago said that the local TV news was meant to frighten you. And this was years and years ago. This is before social media. And I thought, you know what? It's really true. You turn on the local news, and they've got all these horrible things happening, You know, some, some of which are pretty close by. And then at the end, they have like a picture of somebody adopting a puppy or something right. to, to change the tone. Um, it's so silly because if you can do something about it, you should know it, and maybe we can, there can be an argument as to how we can help. But if we can't help— hearing horrible things about people we don't know is not really helpful to us right yeah and it,
1: it sets our mood in a in a wrong place right so we can we can come up with a fast from from what whatever it is but then with the time uh, like meal time doesn't take uh all that much if you if you're but it's still you know 15 20 minutes whatever it is and time to to prepare the meal that uh, that you that you aren't going to be doing or with social media, who knows how long, or maybe you just go on a, a regular uh, fast of TV, whatever it is. So what what did you fill uh, it, for the time that you would normally be doing the activity of, of eating and meal preparing? What did you fill that time with? Because you have to fill it with something. That's the other thing. Like we can tell people, hey, you know what? You shouldn't do X, Y, or Z and, and find out what that is and get it out of your life. That's great. But you need to fill that time with something, right? Yeah. Now, for us in our family, the uh, the meal
0: time really isn't a problem. We don't have TV on, so we're not we're not diverted. Our attention is not diverted. We're not looking at phones. We're talking about what we did during the day, complimenting my wife on the wonderful dinner that she serves every night. You know, that's kind of the <laughs> smart man. That, that's the theme. For, for me, it's more at this is later at night where I, I read at night. I read. I read myself to sleep. I get up in the middle of the night. I read again. I have books that, 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 that build my soul. And uh, I read those. And what happens is, though, is that I start looking at my phone and looking at all this crazy stuff and like looking at this and looking at that. And, and it diverts my attention. I, I should never take it to bed. My wife is smarter than I am in a lot of ways. One of the ways she's smarter is that she charges her phone overnight in the kitchen, not in the bedroom. So even if she wanted to look and see what was happening in the world, she can't do it because the phone's in a different room. I think I'm going to do that because it doesn't help me that I look at the I look at the phone. I look at the editorials. I do this. I do that. It starts to get me anxious about things, and I don't want that. And then I I go back to to what I really intended to do, which is reading, and I enjoy the reading, and it it finally calms me down, and I go to sleep. But why did I have this? whatever it was, 15 minutes of looking at the phone at the end of the day, it is a dumb, dumb thing on my part. I should fast from that. And by fasting from it, by perhaps doing as my wife does and just having the phone charge in the other room, I won't be able to do it, and that'll be a better thing.
1: I started to do that a few years ago, and I do. I, I sleep better. I can just tell you when it's out of the room. I, I sleep better generally. But to, to fill that, to fill that time that you would normally be, if somebody is just, especially if it's a social media thing, if somebody's scrolling through social media, would you suggest filling the time with prayer, mm-hmm. reading Bible, yeah. scripture?
0: Yeah. Prayer, prayer would be a, um, a great thing. You know, just praying would be, um, would be a substitute that would yield amazing results, but amazing results to your soul, not, not just to your intellect, but to your soul if we just did that if we just sat down you know one of the things i i try to do every night i try to to pray before i go to sleep and to pray right when i wake up and sometimes that prayer is a is a short prayer sometimes it's a it's a lengthy thing i like to talk to god before i go to sleep and when i first get up and i like to i like to talk to him about what's going on i like to ask him kind of what should i do and what that causes me to do is to hesitate in making decisions you know you and I have both been businessmen, right? Yes. Okay, so so we know how to make decisions, right? Yes. We can make decisions. We can make them fast. Yes. And usually right, probably. Usually. Usually, not, not always. always. Not. <laughs> right, not always. But usually we, we give ourselves credit for making the right decisions. But I found that when I hesitate, when I just pray about something and give it some time, instead of trying to be the world's fastest decision maker, instead trying to be the closer to the world's best, then it's a different decision. Yeah. And, and I have a fuller understanding when I make it. So see, that's to me what, what prayer does in a practical way in at least my life today. It slows me down, and that's a good thing. So in terms of replacement, what should we replace the social media with? My suggestion is, you just pray. You just close your eyes and you just pray. You just ask God for help. You ask God for advice. Maybe you explain to Him something that you see and looking for an answer. That would be a beautiful thing to do.
1: That would be a good thing to do. And if you are one that says, you know, I don't have, I don't have much of a prayer life. I'm not quite sure how to pray. You know, you could start off with with the Lord's Prayer. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a great template to start off with. But I guess what I would say is, you know, just. Get get quiet and and clear your thoughts and just start just start talking to God like like you were talking to your father or or a trusted friend. Tell them what's on your mind. Just start start pouring out and it'll it will come out and you know what the Holy Spirit will help you in doing that. Also, you will be led and the more you do it, the easier it will become. But don't. You know, don't worry that it has to be some big fancy prayer. All it has to be is heartfelt. Oh. Uh, you, you know, sometimes a ten-second heartfelt prayer is going to be more than ten minutes of just rote memorization. So if you're in that situation and you're saying to yourself, you know, I I don't I don't usually pray. I'm not quite sure how to pray. I would say, don't worry about it. Just pray what's what's on your mind and just have a conversation. That's what, that's, I think that'd be a great place for you to start.
0: I do too. And you know, it's okay to be disappointed in God. It's okay to express your frustration. Yes.
1: That, that's something that we,
0: that we, God is a big God. We have this big God. And so God is not going to be offended if you say, you know what? Why did you do this, God? Why is this happening in this way? Help me to understand it. See, there's two parts to this. One is, God, why did you do this? Why did you allow this to happen? Then the second part is, help me to understand it. Help me to understand. You know, God's time is not our time. God's ways are not our ways. So we're not going to ever fully understand why God does something. But there's nothing wrong with questioning what God has done. You know, the, the name Israel means strives with God strives with God, wrestles with God. It comes from when Jacob was wrestling with with God. And so we're meant to question. In other words, it's not a bad thing to question. When I talk about praying, if you think God did something wrong, (laughs) you ought to tell him on it, call him on it. He's big enough to, to, to come back to you in a way that will help you understand it and that's a big deal. That's it an a big important deal. thing. So, we, we talked about this. You know, we've been talking about fasting here and how it is. And we've, we've kind of circled back as to what you would do with the time you were otherwise doing what you shouldn't do. And uh, we came up with, a, with the idea that the easiest thing, of course, is prayer. And it is. It is, and it's positive and it's healthy and will put you in a much better mental and physical state and certainly a much better spiritual state. You know, Pat and I started this whole project on a premise that he and I agreed on. It was a quote from C.S. Lewis that said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, is of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Both Pat and I believe with a with all of our being that it is true, and that makes it infinitely important. And so this walk with Christ that we are on is the most important part of each of our lives. And I pray that it is for you as well. Join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this discussion of fasting. We we understand it, I think, in a little fuller way. May may we now fast from things that are keeping us apart from you and may we embrace things that are bringing us closer to you lord may we may we do that today throughout the lenten season throughout all of our lives and so as we set aside the bad things they are set aside for good and as we bring on the good things they are brought on we pray for good In jesus holy and mighty mighty name
1: amen amen